0: Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How you doing, Hector? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm cool. I see you've got a Star Wars t-shirt on. Have you seen the Bad Batch, the new Disney thing? Yeah, actually. That's
1: uh, it's actually pretty good, man. Yeah, <laughs> right?
0: I mean, I watched all of the Clone Wars things because... Um, I don't know. I'm nerdy. I think, it was, <laughs> I think it was actually more to do with the fact – I think it was to do with depression. <laughs> it was just something yeah, to have definitely. on. But anyway, I've seen all of those, and they bar really nicely against those. Yeah, I,
1: I actually – I mean, I do watch all that stuff, but I. Yeah. Like, that's what I like about it is uh, is uh, it adds continuity to where the movies are, like, jumping around and stuff. Like, these exactly. kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. You that's know? exactly it, so, yeah. 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 So anyway, so –
0: yeah cool. Um we've got uh, a wonderful guest this week. We've got uh, my friend uh, Scott Gaylor. How's it going Scott? Hey Ben. How you doing? Guys. Cool. So uh, Scott is a uh fantastically accomplished guitar player and and also uh Very kind. And um also takes his uh Pedals and guitars on the road, and, and plays at um, the the NAM shows and um, various trade fairs all over the country. Has um, he's been in um, a great band called Kid Havoc, and now has um, his uh, own trio, the Scott Gaylor Trio, and um, and it's really nice to have you here. How are you doing?
2: Thanks, Ben. I mean, for you guys who don't know, Ben and I are f- not only friends, but we shared a room where we taught for a little while. Yeah. yeah. So I was the clean one. Just, <laughs> <and> <laughs> I, believe I believe that. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of my And if your sense. banjo was out of tune, that was also me. Just.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to leave all sorts of random uh, folk instruments in there every now and again. You'd come across a mandolin
2: or a, or a banjo or something like that. I actually just restrung my banjo like, Middle of this pandemic thing, I like dusted off my banjo because oh, I haven't cool. touched my banjo in
1: feel like a, a decade. Of, a lot of instruments got dusted off during the uh, during the, <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not know, a euphemism. <laughs> no. without <laughs> no, even no, no, no
2: without no, even no. going sideways. Like I started out in blue playing bluegrass style stuff because of my grandfather. So like I have all right. these random things still that.
0: <laughs> well, that ties into our first question exactly perfectly, which is why did you start playing music? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your early formative years there?
2: Oh, um, this is going to be a funny story that not a lot of people know. My first gig, like paid gig, was I was four, almost five years old, playing with my, long story short, ended up not being my real grandfather, which is a whole different show that we're not going to (laughs) do, but who I thought, who I called my grandfather. And he was a bluegrass musician, played fiddle, played banjo, played mandolin, and I played spoons at a big-ass county fair to a few thousand people.
3: uh, Because they
2: had a small record deal on Columbia, and they played bluegrass right and so that was kind of my introduction and then my mother was huge every there's seven of us i'm the last of seven and so everybody played a sport everybody played a musical instrument yeah wasn't up for debate it wasn't like oh you know do you want to play something no which instrument are you playing and my oldest brother played guitar really really well a great flat picker does like this huge dylan kind of thing cool And I wanted to play guitar, but my mother said no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which made you want to play it even more. Right.
2: And so I played piano for a few years um, and really developed my ear and kind of got started there. Then I went to violin and still played piano at the same time. And then I went to trumpet because like music in school was easy. You could just go – you picked out an instrument and played it. Now unfortunately that's not there. I wish they'd bring that back. And I – fractured my wrist playing sports right. and so when i came back from that i was like i want to play guitar she's like you're already playing three instruments and two of them you're good at and i was like well wait which one am i not good?" At? <laughs> yeah there you go yeah, and yeah. um i fixed the mini bike in my neighborhood because i was good with motors and engines and yeah. traded that got traded for that for some cheap guitar and that was the, the beginning of it but yeah. i started playing because my mom made us all play
0: that's great. That's why I started playing too. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of people start playing like that. Yeah. My my mum was uh was on me early on. She was a, a musician. I had um folk musicians in the family
1: too and um and uh and yeah, I got started up early. Did did you it's you know, you know it's fun have- it's funny. I don't I don't come from uh from a musical family or anything like that, but uh but yeah, first grade. Uh, um I was in a private school and, and a uh, flyer came home that said, you know, come to the library at X, Y, Z day on, you know, whatever time. And and if you want to join the band and pick out an instrument, and my parents, you know, as poor as we were at the time, uh, dragged me in there. And there was this array of instruments. And the, the oh, band cool. instructor was like, you know, it was a trumpet, there's a clarinet. He gave a little demo on each one. And then he pulled up the alto, alto saxophone. And I was like... That one. (laughs) But see, that's the great thing. Like, it
2: didn't matter financially or otherwise. Like, anybody could get into music then. Yeah. And we're on the older end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. of the people that are probably watching this. Yeah, sure. So we could go in and that started that. And that helps with our math and and our social skills and all those things. And I I think it's just something that's really missing. Well, yeah. I
0: don't know what I would have done without music at school. It's basically all I did. I managed to wiggle out of most everything else. <laughs> yeah, neither one of my kids
1: have had that option at <laughs> yeah. school. Um I've had I've had to enroll them here at LMC, um you know, to get to get them into music, you know, and Gavin obviously is a pretty accomplished drummer at this point. Yeah. Um Really no, there's
0: no music at school, huh? No. Neither oh. one of them neither
1: one of them have I mean uh, I, got to I mean theory they, they I mean they have school, they had school. they it's have band, I mean like, you know, but it's not it's not like it was when we were kids, you know. Yeah. Like it, it's 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 really a lot different now.
0: Well, in England, right? I went to a I went to a boarding school that had a fantastic music music department. But before that, um, the, some of the state schools I went to had also had pretty good music. I think it was across the board. I did end up the place I ended up from 13 to 18, though. It had like a music school, you know what I mean? It had its own whole, whole own building, and I just used to get lost in there. I just lived there basically. So I was so lucky to have that. What what um early um musical influence did you have in terms of what were you listening to when you were kinda when you were a young scamp, like you know, up to Uh, like ten years old, you know, I mean, there was everything in the house. Like
2: Sundays I'm half Irish, half Italian. Yeah. So Sundays was all about family. You know, we went to church. Of course, yeah. Talk about church. the Catholic stuff. Yeah. I mean the (laughs) church from the Irish side and the – forget it. Like too much church. But then we had the dinner and then – but music played all day. Sunday music played all day. And it was Frank Sinatra and Kenny Rogers and whatever was coming out of my brothers' and sisters' rooms. And so I was luckily exposed to all this amazing stuff early on and not even knowing it. Like I got the hand-me-down record player, like the white plastic record player with the crappy matching white (laughs) headphones. Yeah, And we had albums, hundreds of them. And I would just put them on. And I was surprisingly a really shy, timid kid. Right. So putting a set of headphones on and listening to music was amazing to me. It doesn't
0: surprise me that, and not because you come off as shy, but most of the people that we have on, the
1: musicians that we have on,
2: yeah. A, a, kind of a little introverted at heart, you know? Oh, well, yeah.
1: Yeah, music's yeah. been an escape for them, so.
2: Oh, and I grew up in a little tiny town, so anything you did got magnified, so it was easier just not to do anything. <laughs> I
0: know what that's like. <laughs> you know?
1: I, I grew up in a village,
0: and honestly, yeah, exactly. You, you, anything you do, you, you put a penny in the pond, there's a ripple
2: effect across the whole food. Well, you know, I mean, I've got a very uncommon last name, particularly right. in the States. There's right. 250 Gaylor families in the United States. Really? That's it. And wow. most of them live in Saratoga. Right. And so there's only three Scott Gailers in the entire world. Wow. I can't fuck up.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> definitely you. Do you know
2: what I mean? And like, And, yeah, yeah. you know, there's my dad. Well, my dad passed, but prior to that, you know. So there was a lot of weight that got carried with that. Was and your father a S- Scott
0: Gayler as well?
2: My father was Earl. Was Earl. Right. I'm also Earl Scott. Okay. Um, everybody's Earl something in my family and that okay. nobody goes by Earl. Yeah. Like there's going to be some smartass who's going to type in a YouTube comment, I knew he was Earl. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, then no, you didn't because my real friends didn't. But whatever. Uh, it's a long... Well, you—you you're know how the surname thing works. And yeah. If I got called Earl Scott, I was in trouble, man. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Or just Earl was even worse. That means like I was just going oh, yeah. to my ass was getting kicked. Like there was no. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I come from a Cuban family, so if they if, if your full name was called out, oh you you better either run or you know yes ma'am yes sir. <laughs> yeah no and
2: um. You know my brother was a, an amazing baseball player and got drafted and. I, that's a pretty big shadow in that town. Like yeah. it was an interesting thing. That's a
0: thing. big shadow in that town.
2: Well, yeah. And then, you know, my pops owning the biggest bar in, in the town. And like right. there, there's a lot that goes with all that. Yeah. And being shy or whatever, which yeah. now I'm sure anybody watching this is like, you're not shy. Yeah. yeah. I'm also not 10 anymore either. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. But at that age, <laughs> you know, things, things were, were were different. So music was this incredible outlet because – I mean, not to be braggadocious, but I was really good. Yeah, and I was really good young. So it yeah. was like it was easy to fuel. When you ex- every time you you set a plateau and you keep going through the plateaus, it gets more and more and more exciting. And yeah, and, you yeah, know, it was really, yeah. really a cool thing to do. And grunt like going back to like what was I listening to? Everything like, yeah, I'll tell you a great story. Um. <laughs> I'm ten or eleven, and I'm racing BMX bikes. That's my other passion when I was little. Right. And we had to drive out of town because Saratoga's tiny, so we had to drive to a different town, Clifton Park, to race. And my brother would drive me because he was older. Right. And his buddy Kevin and him are high as a kite. Sorry, mom.
3: <laughs>
2: Driving me in the station wagon because obviously I've got my bikes and I'm going to practice.
3: Yeah.
2: And my brother's bragging to Kevin, "Oh man, he's playing guitar now. You got to hear him. He can play Doors, he can play little Hendrix." And Kevin's like, "Yeah, you know, that's great." Have you heard this yet? He pulls out Van Halen 1. Yeah. I was like, nope. And it's an eight track, boys and girls. I don't know if you all know what that is. (laughs) Okay. But it's like this thing. He puts it in, he puts on eruption. And it's a good 35 minute drive, right? I mean, it's it's a drive to practice. And I, I listened to it like 10 times. Like, I couldn't. I remember getting on the track, and if you've ever raced BMX, you, you deck up and, and you're, you're in the balance. And I couldn't focus. Like all I wanted to do was go home and try to figure out what was going on. Wow, yeah, cool. And I remember going to my guitar lessons like two days later and going to my teacher. Hey, I want to learn how to do this. And he's like, yeah, so why?" Yeah. And <laughs> that was the beginning of saying – and then right after that, I saw Joe Perry and Aerosmith with the original lineup, second row at a little place in Saratoga. I was like, OK, this – there's something here. That's what like, I want. Yeah, I yeah. want to do this. I'm not sure how. I don't know how any of this works, but I want to do this. I had a whole separate question about Van
0: Halen, but seeing as you brought him up, I may as well ask. <laughs> like, I know that he, I know that he's, you know, that he meant a lot to you just because of the amount of. I mean, after after him passing, you know, you were just flooding uh, social me. media with pictures and, and stories and stuff like that, and 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 um. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about the effect
2: that the Van Halens had on your guitar playing and how you feel about him? I, I mean, you got to understand, he wasn't just a guitar player. Yeah. So there's like the big three to me, big four technically, and you can t- say them by one name. You know, there's Zingve, there's yeah. Eddie, and there's Jimmy. The guys that absolutely changed what we do. And then on the acoustic side, you've got Michael Hedges, you've got Leo yeah. Kaki. You know, there, there's you have that. But for me. That particular thing, like ten years old, that's making me want to tap and do that whole thing in the tone. But he shuffled; he had rhythm. Yeah,
3: it yeah. It wasn't
2: this straight, driving thing.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't just kind of like neoclassical.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, and I mean you got to understand, ten year a ten year old doesn't know what a shuffle is. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I'm playing classical piano. Like, there's no shuffle in classical piano. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this blew everything open, and it was a power trio. Yeah, And you listen to that first record in headphones and it's like guitar player, bass and drums, no bullshit, just guys playing. And I chased that. Every band I put together, I chased that. I wasn't right. trying to be Van Halen. Well, yeah, I, in the beginning I was. But <laughs> la- later on, it wasn't so much even that. It was just that that groove and that bounce. Yeah. And it was about that rhythm and – His stuff is really hard to play and it's not really hard to play. It just depends. But it wasn't about that. But he was one of – like he was the next chapter. You had Jimi Hendrix who changed it for all of us from tone to how we approach things to being flamboyant to breaking the race thing, everything. Like the man changed everything. Yeah. And then Eddie changed it. And from someone who played – you know, I played in Hollywood. I played in New York City. I, I played all over the US in that era playing that kind of music. To me, what made a guitar player good or bad was how good the rhythm playing was. Anybody yeah. could play lead. Come on, we've got kids—we've got eleven-year-old yeah. kids shredding. Okay, yeah. great shuffle. What? Okay, yeah. That—that yeah. that was what Eddie was, and I had a chance, man. And I, I still kick myself in the ass. I was in another band that was signed to an indie, yeah. no, like a mid-sized indie, and we were backstage, and Eddie was there, right. and I was off chasing uh, other things. Sure. And our manager came back and he gave me a pick. So I have one of Eddie's real picks. Yeah. But I, I didn't get a chance to meet him at that point. And right. so that was that sucked. But so, I, I've so seen him a bunch it so far, yeah. Well, it's one of those things you think that it's gonna happen. And then every NAM show he's there. And every NAM show, somebody threatens to bring him over so I can meet him. And right. it never happens. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was just such a powerful I stopped playing cover tunes at like 17. Like I never chased that. Like I stopped learning other people's stuff at around 17 because I was already playing in bands and touring and I thought if I keep learning other people's stuff, it's going to creep into my songwriting. Yeah, yeah. But Eddie was like one of the only things that I still constantly listen to and I still have it. I had a – I took a Hondo guitar neck off some you know shitty guitar and literally before – like not just this thing called a shred neck but I took – Strings took the ball ends, took it to the where the butt of the guitar met, and I hammered in nails, wrapped the string around, and so I could tune it so I could run legato and tap in the van, uh, or tap right, on the wow, bus, or tap in whatever, so yeah. I could practice. And that's all Ed, man. That, yeah. That's all. And the, the other thing, too, think about the there's a one pickup guitar on that wall. Yeah, that didn't happen before him. Yeah, there would be no. I'm a Floyd Rose endorser, one of the coolest moments I ever had early on. There's that picture of me in between Eddie Van Halen and Prince on the Floyd Rose site. Yeah. I was so proud of that. Like, I sent that to my mom. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'm in between <laughs> be these two. That, yeah, you know, now, yeah. now they put it in all alphabetical order. Thanks, Andy. Um, <laughs> for a while there, I sat in between those two dudes. And yeah, that's super cool. There's no Floyd Rose without Eddie. Yeah. There's no high-gain marshals in a box with – I mean, he changed everything that we do – as yeah. players. And yeah. here's the biggest thing. He had as much influence on Nirvana as he didn't because I think what happened with Ed particularly, you either wanted to be Eddie Van Halen or you wanted to be not Eddie Van Halen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know totally. what I mean?
2: I don't think there was um, – I don't think you can say that about other players. Yeah, Like the Ingve thing yeah. – Ingve sits in a different category for for technical like players.
0: Like,
2: people are like, "Oh, that's amazing," but nobody use Nirvana as a thing mm-hmm. since it's on your hat. Nobody in Nirvana camp went, "Oh, wow, Ingve cool. I want to do that." But I'm going to do this instead. No, that that didn't happen. But there was plenty of guys, Billy Corgan, for example, sure. who loves Eddie. Yeah, Dave Grohl. Th- that list is long. I think he transcended things and he changed stuff. So yeah, it was, um, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It just sucked, man.
0: Definitely. You know, I, I, would, I, I was, as a guitar player, I massively res, respect his playing. But, you know, it, as some something of an acolyte of his, I can imagine it must have hit a lot harder. Yeah. I
2: just spent so much time with those records, it's almost like I knew them. Yeah. Like, those, the David Lee Rother records, I couldn't, if you put a gun to my head, I'd be in trouble. But I used to know those records note for note. I learned those the old-fashioned way. Like, yeah. I was the 14-year-old kid in high school who could play Eruption. Right, like that yeah, was the yeah. cool thing, you know, yeah. where there was like two of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And you spend so much time in those things learning, and like Michael Hedges, another cat. in that when he died, man, that 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 really busts me up as well because my two handed stuff on acoustic is all him.
3: Right. Yeah. And if
2: anybody's listening to this, please go back and listen to Michael Hedges. It's not all about Andy McKee. I love Andy, and he's got a ton of respect for Michael. Yeah. But it doesn't start and end there. You got to go back to the roots of this, and yeah. Michael. I bought his. It took me forever to find this book, but right. it's all his tunings. He has two hundred and fifty-six different tunings. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> so wow! Now I know why I couldn't figure out after. <laughs> yeah, right! Wow! It's so just that's nice. it's the, the petrol student thing, man. You're just always a student.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so seeing as you brought that up, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my questions around a bit and ask: Do, do you pr- do you still practice then every day? But today, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no,
2: um, yeah, I do really um if you've ever seen my studio at my house there's a big bookcase that has about 300 books in it yeah. um, and then there's another big like uh it's a DVD t- style shelf that has another v- Probably 400 DVDs, Blu-rays. Oh, great. Is this
1: the same room that has the 400 pedals? Or? Yes. It's a very tight room, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's like my – just like a tiny part. The... Oh, no. It, it's <laughs>
2: – yeah, I probably – somebody probably will look at that and be like, he needs help. Right.
1: I, f- I, feel I, like, just... I feel like there's a uh, an electronics uh, version of Hoarders in, in your future. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. You know, I
2: just always think I can learn from somebody. Sure. And even if I only get one thing, like I still take lessons. I, I, I'm I've on a kick
0: with that right now, and I'd, I'd hit you up a couple oh, of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I forgot. My yeah, guy. yeah. No, it's fine, but I'm on a kick with that right now. All, all, all my favorite guitar players and guys I know who are better than me and stuff, I'm hitting everyone up for lessons right now.
2: I, every time I go to NAM, there's a couple guys, and I won't call them out on air so people don't bug them that I go and grab a lesson from that are yeah. big names that are, I'm just like, and half of them are like, dude, stop it. I'm like, no, come on. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's. I think you can learn from anybody. Sure. I think if we all sat down with instruments right now, I would learn something and you would learn something and we would all learn something. And it's just, just the approach. And that's the, that's what I still love about this. Yeah. You know? I mean yeah, I definitely. was working on octave displacement the other day because I saw a stupid thing, um, pol- a polyphony video with Rick Beato. Right. And I was – I do octave displacement. I've been doing that since Steve Morris and that's Steve sure. Morris' thing. But the dude from polyphony did it different. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Like, you just get these things, and I, I'm so 80, I don't know, whatever that is, when it comes to guitar stuff, like, oh, look, shiny thing, let's learn that. Oh, shiny, like, yeah. Yeah. I just can't yeah. get enough yeah. learning, and... Well, I think that, you know,
0: we share a thing where it's like, we've decided to do this, this is what we do, and, <laughs> and, and the now. best thing to do is embrace it, Absolutely. You know? just keep... Keep chugging away and, and and finding things that excite you, you know, like um, yeah. My whole thing at the moment is ge- is getting better at the kind of guitar that you that you that you specialise in, you know, real kind of fast, metally kind of shredding guitar, because because that was the whole that was the hole in my in my playing. Not to the point where I'm terrible
2: at it, but I'm just not super good at it either. It's just know? a different discipline. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting when you see, you know, because a typical Nam thing is it will be. Ten different guitar players at the booth that I'm at doing different things, and everybody's different, and everybody has a strength. That's why you're there.
0: Yeah, you know sure, what I mean, yeah. like
2: if they had ten of me, then they don't need me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. look at the other <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. So you know, every, and plus, that's my favorite part. You know, we were talking earlier how I, I get stuck between Andy James and, and Tom Quayle. Yeah. But I also get to ask them questions. Yeah. And so that that's really, you know,
1: that's really cool
0: yeah absolutely
1: well you know when you're when you're talking about like uh um you know continually learn, learning and stuff i mean i you know people think of musicians and they think of music and they think like like not, not. I don't want to use the word lazy. It's not a lazy thing. It's just. But people, people think of musicians like, oh, are like, they lucky, like aren't they lucky? Aren't they lucky? Look what they get to do. Blah, 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 <laughs> but it's really no different than about. than any other profession. You know, I'm, I'm talking. You know, doctors and lawyers and and what like things change. Technology changes for musicians. You know, things change. So yeah, if you're not constantly learning, you're gonna get left behind. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, just to touch yeah. on that, I'll give you an
2: average Nam day, and I'm talking about me flying from West Palm. Mm-hmm. So that guitar goes in a bag. Mm-hmm. It goes in my overhead. That yeah. oh, re- real quick. What, just
0: for people who don't even know what that is, can
2: you tell them what name is? I don't remember what the initials re- mean anymore. It's Association. National Association, Association
1: of, mu- uh, of Music Merchants. Yes. Okay. Right.
2: Think of a large guitar center but with 250,000 people spread out over four or five days at 108 dB constant. Right, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> but I leave West Palm at usually 5 in the morning. Yeah. Um, I get in L.A. around 10 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and it starts right away. Like we drop bags at hotel and we're usually there two or three days beforehand right. to set stage. Yeah. Um, we are putting on a show. Remember, this is more than just me wanking through pedals. Yeah. Um. So we have to learn the show. Uh, right. Learn our parts. Learn our, learn our steps. Like not our steps. Let me rephrase that. Where we have to be at such times. Right. I play on an average of eight to nine hours that day.
0: Yeah. Right. right yeah. And wow.
2: at the level that I play at, let's be clear, I don't mean that ego wise, but I'm playing technical stuff for eight or nine hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A, that, um, then you imagine. have dinners. After stuff, then you have morning stuff. Uh, Like two years ago, I got to do this cool thing with Yoshi. Yoshi got inducted into the boss, basically their Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I had to play background improv music behind him during the introduction. Yoshi's the CEO, right? He is boss. He is boss, right. So imagine, Scott, by the way, we need you to come do this and it's all improv. What? (laughs) And that isn't out yet. So I got that handed to me when I arrived at my – matter of fact, it was sitting in my hotel. Like here, learn how to use this in a few hours.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, that NamGig must be easy. That's so cool. It's so easy." No, by day 4, man, you are done. Toast, you are toast. Yeah, toast. And yeah. so then then usually we don't fly out till the day after the last day, like the la- that m- Monday is usually just like a couple hours of chill and a quick meeting of what has to be accomplished when we get back and reviews and and then you fly back in. But there isn't like people like oh so what did you see at the show nothing I saw the booth right And the hotel room right
0: customers holiday like that exactly yeah yeah Yeah. that's honestly like you know what's what touring is too you know it's touring is the best and the worst yeah because you go to all these places and 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 you get to be like you know anyone ever mentions any city in the world you'd be like oh yeah I've been there but the truth is you've been to like a dark club. There in the sure. middle of the night, sure. and to like all the gas stations on the way to there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm,
1: I'm also a street artist, and and yeah. uh, and it happens like every you know you go to these. Sh- Ginormous festivals, you know, there's 100, 200, 300 artists or whatever, they're all doing these amazing street paintings, whatever. And you're, you know, you're down on the ground, like you know, six inches from the ground, you know, just drawing and and chalking and doing your thing or whatever. And come the end of the weekend, everybody's like, Oh, did you see this piece? And did you see that piece? And did you see this? And did you see that? I didn't see anything but my spot. It could have been five blocks of art, and that's all I saw was that it's the same thing. The
2: only thing I'll do, there's a couple guys like I'll go out of my way to see Greg Koch or Andy Wood. If they're not playing anywhere, like there's a few guys I'll go out of my way to see. But past that, man, the the last thing you want to do after eight hours of 110 dB is hear more
1: 110 dB. Sure, sure, sure.
2: But yeah, man, people don't realize that that, or like if I do a store tour, you know, I fly into a city, we rent a car. Then I drive the rest of the state. So if there's 10 stores in that state, we're driving that. Um, Boss trusts me enough that I do these solo. I don't even have like a lot of boss guys or a lot of. Trade show guys will have a person with them. I don't take a person because I can actually – hate the word sell, but I can sell the gear as well so they don't need to send an extra person. So then I'm lugging the gear in and out by myself to the hotel. You're in town for one day. You do whatever demo on your next one and it's just like touring but you're doing guitar stores.
0: Yeah, and that – brings me to something that we were talking about earlier, and I just want to hear your take on it because it's something that um, is interesting um, to me at the moment. As someone who's recently got sober, or relatively recently, it was a year and a half ago, um, how do you, find the, do you find that the obligation to mix business with pleasure with people is a difficult line to, to, kind of, to, do, to cross? So where, where is the line with that, and do you ever find yourself, like, on the
2: wrong side of it? Yes. Short answer is yes. Long mm-hmm. answer is it depends on the situation. Right, yeah. So if I'm out with someone big and it is cultural accepted to have a drink with them or it's it's insulting to not have a drink with them, then absolutely we'll, yeah. we'll have a drink. Um, I try to take care of my body I mean, it doesn't look it, I guess. <laughs> but I, you know, what I do is physical playing. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I could barely, I was trying not to move up there when I was playing. Yeah. But it doesn't work for me. So sure. I'm a ball of energy the entire time I play. And it doesn't matter if it's eight hours or eight minutes. Yeah. And so going out and just getting shit hammered and then have to be up at eight. To go play for eight hours just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I'm not absolutely. cut for that anymore. And yeah. I trust me, I, I lived hard for a couple of years from 17 to, say, 25 because <laughs> all I did was tour. Yeah, yeah. And hardcore tour, like vans, cars, car tr- like ugly touring. Yeah, sure. But you're 25. You yeah, don't exactly. care. Yeah, like, exactly. You know I remember I mean?
0: just being able to sleep on the floor of the van and just get, <laughs> get, I and mean, just leaping out of the van, you know, and just being like, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> to this you know, day, What's my next? wife yeah. can't
2: understand how i can sleep at a drop of a hat yeah. i'm like because you take sleep where you can get it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. um and now it's like i'm spoiled you know i fly i get nice flights i get beautiful hotel rooms it's it's world-class food like but i earn that yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, in yeah. fairness um but personally when i was in my 30s is when i kind of didn't give up drinking, but decided, okay, I need to to pace this a little bit. I need to right. change this up, and especially with my family's history of things, it was right. better to. Oh,
0: On the side of kind of
2: yeah, and I mean, there's two versions of me drunk. One is really nice and friendly. The other side is going to beat the shit out of you, right, and, yeah. and there's no middle, unfortunately. Right, 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 right. And so, um, you know, I lost a good friend a couple of years ago. One of my my best friend because he wouldn't he never got out of life. Yeah. So when I got out of life, he never got out of life and
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. He, I think that there's, you know, there's there's a cup there's there's a band um a local uh Irish band they were called the Lynch Mob. And they were really good and um and one of the guys Keith was one of the original members of Killbillies. And out of his band two of those guys and they and they're like I'm 40, they're, they're, they're all around sort of 10 years older than me. Two of them are dead, you know? And it's just because... And that's not from doing any kind of crazy outlandish thing. That's just from living the life, in inverted commas, and not stopping living the life at some point. Yeah.
2: That's it. Well, I mean, that's you know I mean? the... When you're in this as long as we are in this, because yeah. either you... There's two types of people in what we do. There's either lifers, who we don't have any other choice. Yeah, We're not going to go... Yeah, I tried to trick myself into working at Guitar Center. I've tried to trick myself into doing other things. I'm a guitar player at the end of the day. And part of it is that – let's face it. That life is fun. Let's not pretend that it isn't. I mean it's fantastic. That's why they make movies about it. That's why (laughs) (laughs) – you know. I mean – but there's a point like what we were talking about earlier too – for those who know me from being in Union Jack when I was in New York City, I'm not 120 pounds with spiked-out blonde hair and, and wearing incredibly tight clothing that shows you what birth I am. Like <laughs> you you change and evolve and I think that comes with it. Um, now, you know, when we did the reunion tour 2008, 2009 or whatever, yeah, I still – but those were short runs and I, I knew I was off the leash and – yeah. I, I had Chris to make sure I got where I was supposed to be, and, right yeah i <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. um, i I personally like i don't drink at home i don't uh, I social drink at best now, right, I think it's probably the best way to put it,
0: yeah, and that's to be honest with you that's you know it's it, it for if i just it's a great if you have the opportunity to be able to do that as a as a person, you know unfortunately that wasn't really an option for me, I just had to stop. But um yeah the uh it's interesting to hear other people's takes on it and also you know not in a kind of because this isn't a recovery conversation because you're not in recovery it's just like how did you deal with it you know what i mean and you've dealt with it in a way which is very sensible and it worked you know seems to have worked out Yeah for you. I but just, you still had to, did have to kind of you know well, confront th- it in I, some degree I, I
2: think waking up and and having a beer with eggs is a problem
0: Yeah 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 Let,
2: let's let's be honest you know yeah. or when you're on the road, it's different. You know, you wake up at 3. You yeah. go to soundcheck at 5. You have your first beer at 5.30. Yeah. Second beer at 6. You have a couple to get loose. Oh, there's 2,000 people there tonight. All right, cool. Let's have a shot. Congratulations. And that, that cycle just keeps going. Yep. And, um, mm. I'm also, a, I'm a yes person in so many ways. Like, yeah. if someone wants to have a drink with me, I can't. It's almost my obligation to say yes, or it was. <laughs> I'm like, definitely a people pleaser You for know, sure. someone hands me something, unfortunately. You know, like th- I had to learn to say no, Yeah, which was a tough thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's yeah. not always easy, man. No. Well, yeah. no, because you don't want – I mean especially – and I hate the word fans. Someone comes up and they, they've paid money to see you. Yeah,
0: audience. And they're
2: excited <laughs> and they want to share a drink with you or a moment with you. I feel like a dick if I say no, Yeah. but at the same time, this whole not wanting to die thing made me being diabetic also is kind of a, a right, key yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah. In, and by right. the way, for anybody who asks, it's diabetic from birth, not because I put on weight, so you all kiss my ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unlike me, who is diabetic from putting on weight? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I've
2: so far dodged that bullet, but you know. Not... Uh, it's a family. It's, it's, right. by, it's as much family as my name. Right, gotcha.
0: Yeah, so uh, when you have a when you write your music, do you have a uh, do you have a process that you that you, that you use? Is it, do you have any? Is it like, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, there's I'm just interested in your
2: process. Do you have one? Uh, <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> yeah. um, I wish I could tell you I did because this is something that's come up a lot over the years. Because yeah. I wrote all the music in Get Havoc. I wrote all the music in Scrooge. When I joined Remington, I went and rewrote everything. Right. Um, the only band I didn't write in was Union Jack. Um, I just write. And when it sounds good, I stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wish, I, I wish I could give you no, – I, I, of... I have a ton of theory knowledge. Yeah. Which, you know, we, we both – we've talked theory a, a bunch of times. Yeah. So I'll tighten something up here and there where, oh, maybe I'll put a seven here. Maybe I'll put a nine. Ooh, what if I transition this? But the core of it comes – I play guitar so much – the second a riff comes up, I grab this now before it was a cheap recorder, yeah. and I record the riff, yeah, and I'll go back and like i I was supposed to have a, a third record done right now, yeah, and it's written, but I haven't recorded anything because I don't want it to be a COVID record, and you I' were saying that,
0: and I, I respect that, I
2: respect that. We actually made one
0: yeah. that essentially is a COVID record, but I walked into it with my eyes open. The way we did it was we we actually did a live session here. And we I liked it. So I was like, you know what? Have my brother fix some of the mistakes that we made and and, and, uh, and mix and master it and we put it out. As an
2: well, I mean but. I did do live at Melody Ave. I shouldn't yeah. say that. We did the live. We went to Melody Ave. That whole thing was a cluster. Not with Melody Ave, by the way. Somebody else we, – we were supposed to do something for the Latin American market. Last minute it got shut down. I called Eric and Spence up and was like, yo – I'm screwed. I've already told people I'm doing this. Now I have no place to do this. Can we do something there? And he's like, Yeah, sure. So we literally just played live and put it up on YouTube. Right, so yeah, technically, yeah. there's a live album out that came out during COVID, right. but I, I'm not counting that. Yeah, no, I get it.
0: <laughs> and I understand why. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it was a weird time. And it, it, like, what a great time to just sort of sit on material anyway. It's not like you can't just, you know, you can release it whenever. Well, like,
2: I was supposed to play Summer Nam, which is. July, but now no one's going to Summer NAM. It I went from know. four days to two days. None of my endorsers or sponsors or anybody's going. Really? So I'm not going. And I okay. So this usually comes up. So I'll just get it out of the way now. I get paid to go to NAM. Like I don't yeah, do NAM yeah. for free. It, it, the, let's be very clear. I'm not going to NAM for free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything's paid for. My flight, my food. I get paid to be there. It's not a free thing. Yeah. Uh, and I've it's earned, a job. sure. absolutely hundred percent. So just to go to Nashville to hang out for two days yeah. makes zero sense right. and lose money because I could be teaching those two days or I could be doing a session those two days. There's a hundred different things I could do those it's two like days. It you
0: undermines the position too. It's like you know, if all of a sudden you're there anyway, it's like, yeah, I get
2: it. And that's what a lot of guys don't realize. There's a small circle of players who go constantly to play. There's 30 or 40 of us is what I think of it as as guys who do this. Yeah, And – how i got this gig is another guy fell off the gig right and i was in the circle i was on the outside of the circle yeah and i got brought into the circle
1: yeah yeah you yeah. know
2: and it's um, like
0: playing in key west someone's going to
2: die <laughs> oh my god Just not lying at all yeah, yeah, yeah. what is what is it like a 10-year wait at rick's now and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That's um <laughs> i have key west stories that aren't safe for this air but <laughs> <laughs> my my first and only real cover run was the first stretch of it was in, in the keys right and it was like rick's and duval street and all that and okay. it was uh it was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take a young New York kid and throw him into the Keys right away. Right. That, oh, my God. That that does, that's not how that Culture shock, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't work. And I still had I had a combination accent still at that point in my life. I had a tiny bit of Irish still kicking through and a right. ton of New York. Yeah. So, yeah. I, no, you're not from here, are you, boy? No. <laughs> yeah. No, ma'am. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that was rough. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Nan thing, because I fell into it that way. Yeah. Not fell into it. I mean, I was already playing it, but I I stepped up my tier, so to speak, instead of playing in a what we call a basement booth. I'm not playing on a main stage. Like it's like anything else that we do, um, and I mean, I'm proud of it. I busted my ass to get there. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna be ashamed and be like, oh no, no I, I've worked yeah, hard yeah, to get no to those spots. Well, it's it, everyone.
0: It's funny you should say that, and it you know because there's a certain amount of defensiveness in the way you're saying it, not in a bad way. And the reason I say that is because we're all we all somewhere inside us are like are we like getting a, are we allowed to do this you know but, but because it there is a side of it where we're like wow this is like the dream thing i always wanted to do but at the same time you know if you're not organized and and, and thorough and, and and do your job properly then you're no use to anyone so there is, you know there is absolutely 100% such a thing as a professional musician. And if you are one, oh, yeah, then, then, you know, there's no shame in it whatsoever, you know.
2: Uh, here you go, boys and girls. For those who've never done a professional show, you need to show expense reports. Yeah. I need to t- turn in a 1099. I just did my taxes two days ago. Yeah. I have to show to Ooh, whatever... Right and, under the wire, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> fucking they you're, you're not getting my money before they have to. Because <laughs> um, I owe every year. It's sure, impossible sure, not sure. to. But, like, I have to turn in an expense report... Whatever, you know, like so when I'm done with Nam, whatever person I was there mainly for, I have to give back an expense report so I'm reimbursed for any extra stuff that I do. Yeah. And then I have like – that's the word professional. We're not playing some local bar for 30 people and you're getting cash and a bar tab. Yeah. And that doesn't make you not professional. Please, I'm not not making fun of those guys or or disrespecting those guys. But it's a different thing when my mortgage payment – and my wife's car payment comes from me playing these shows. Yeah. It's not.
0: And it's also with talking about like, you know, local gigs like that. There's two ways you can go about that as well. You can literally just drink your way through them and run yourself into the ground. Sure. Or you can run it like you're trying to make money. And you can make, you know, a if modest had amount of I've those of nights. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's for, ways.
1: Where you owe the bar at the end of the night instead yeah, of the getting a paycheck. Time, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, man, The amount
0: brutal. of times I've. Drunk more than I've made, and you know I hate to admit it, but it's happened.
2: Well, I mean the, I guess why I'm, I'm defensive in that statement yeah. is is I get so many, and I don't know if it's a Florida thing or not. I'm not from here, and I make that clear a lot. Um, <laughs> Neither am I. Second, and I've been trying to get out of here for ten years, but I just keep getting sucked back <laughs> in here. Um, it's like quicksand. <laughs> it's, it's like you get somebody will ask you this question, and it's how they ask it. Well, how do you get to do that? How did you get to do that? Like all of a sudden, I'm not talented enough. It's like motherfucker, I've been in every major guitar magazine since I was 17 years old. I've toured the United States hundreds of times. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Like no, I didn't fall into this. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't like I'm sure somebody's going to tear me apart in in the comment section, but I've worked really hard to get to these points. Yeah. I don't run around being like, hey, you see this magazine I was in? Right, right, right. You know, you walk into my house, yeah, they're hanging on a wall because I'm proud of them. You should yeah. be proud of them. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, they don't realize, like, everybody thinks you can go get a record deal. When I put out my instrumental record and and Malibu signed on and, and Tom, you know, did the co-production and everybody's like, oh, that's cool, I'm going to put a record out too. Really? You think that's how that works? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's amazing to me the internet arrogance of it—that yeah. right, all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. you know,
0: everyone, yeah, the, there's uh, yeah, this level the, playing field. But I mean, the truth is, it isn't one, and 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 you know, and and good stuff is still recognized. It's, you know, it's yeah. it, it, it's more confusing on a superficial level, but you know, go one stage deeper than that, and it's obvious what's really going
2: on. Oh yeah, I mean, this the the first record I did, Technicolor Monochrome. I got a an editor's choice award, right, and. I was ecstatic about that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think music deserves awards. Let's be clear. I don't think there's a best of anything. Yeah, tell me about it. all
0: of those. All of those, <laughs> like, all, I have a pet peeve with 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 like talent shows, like dramas. and stuff. Like, well, talent <laughs> shows in particular, like, like American Idol, like, oh, yeah, stuff like <laughs> that. Worse. It's like there's like there could be a winner, like a music winner. Well, like okay. I don't get it. I mean, it, I suppose there are, in certain respects. There are – you can do – people can do things better than other people. But the end result, the music that comes out, you, you know, it's 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 subjective in my opinion.
2: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's like saying who makes the best fish sandwich. Exactly. Well, I don't like tartar sauce. Do you? Exactly. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, who makes better ice cream? Yeah, exactly. And granted, okay, and again, there'll be somebody who – yeah, exactly. <laughs> there'll be somebody who <laughs> – and I get killed for this all the time because I, I was in Guitar Wars, which was in 1989 – Seven thousand guitar players entered. I finished fourth. Wow. Okay. I was in Guitar Megiddo for Guitar Center in two thousand and
1: four. I don't remember what year. Two thousand four was what I saw online. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I finished. Also, I made it to the final nine guys in the country, and I missed by half a point to go to the final three to play at Eric Clapton's Crossroads. And where is that? Isn't that down here somewhere?
0: Crossroads? Yeah. What's going on with Crossroads? No, it? no,
2: it's a big. It was like they rented out Texas Stadium, and they had like everybody and their mother play. Like it's the only reason I entered. I wanted to play Crossroads, like legitimately. But I was thinking of something else. I, I think they're stupid. Even though I did participate in them, yeah. I, I don't think that they're a legitimate thing. Um, Andy Wood won one of the Guitar Mageddon. I don't remember which one.
0: Right.
2: So. I think
0: I just get defensive about that kind of thing. I don't know. I
2: know absolutely. Like, J.P. <laughs> Soares to me is is the best blues player in Florida, period. Yeah. You know, and you can argue to, well, argue to death with that. I've known him since he's 16, 15. And he's We've known got
0: to I mean. get him on here. I, I, I need to get in touch with him. Oh, too, for too. sure.
2: Yeah. But I mean, he wouldn't have won Guitar Maget or King of the Blues at Guitar Center because that wasn't the type of blues they were looking for. Right. And that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. But that's the thing is, I don't think I'm a better player than anybody else. Yeah. But I also don't think anybody's better than me
0: right
3: yeah because yeah. it's
2: not that way yeah what i do is what i do and if you like it that is fantastic and What's if you unique don't to you, you know? I, yeah i that's when we, when we talk about writing process
0: you can objectively so you could objectively like sweep better than someone else you could objectively tap better than someone else but then what you but, but then what you create out of that becomes subjective whether someone would like it or not well
2: know? yeah but think about it we i drove god i drove you home from somewhere i don't remember where we did a some sort of school of rock show. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And we were
2: jamming out to just old school ska randomness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. Cuz yeah. I I like everything. Yeah. And you were shocked that I even knew what it was, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. um,
0: people always surprise you. It's one thing I've learned over the years is don't take don't judge a book by its cover and don't underestimate people because they'll always surprise you.
2: Well, yeah. it, even the subjective stuff as far as someone sweeping or a technical aspect is a technical aspect, sure. Yeah. Michelangelo Battio can sweep at 280. I can sweep at 240. So right. what? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anybody really give a shit? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, let's, let's be blunt. Does anybody yeah. care? Yeah. Yeah. Michael does. Yeah. <laughs> um, there'll be a few guys, so you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but nobody's... Waiting for a song to hear a sweep arpeggio, so to speak. Like music is is about emotion. If it doesn't move you in one direction or the other, it didn't do its job. If you don't hate it or love it, it yeah. didn't do its job. Like yeah. if if you listen to my C D you're like, Oh yeah, that's okay. I didn't do my like I didn't do my job. Right. If you listen to my C D and you're like, wow that, that one song is really good. That one song's really bad, I still did my job. And I, I don't think there's enough of that anymore. And yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, I put together an entire playlist of old school rap based around DMX when he died because I love DMX. Sure. And that's all R. I've been P. listening to lately. Yeah. Is hardcore old school rap. Yeah, great. I'm sure if any of my students walked in, they'd look at me like, <laughs> "Where's the Paul Gilbert stuff? Where's the Ingvae stuff?" Yeah, yeah. I can do that. I can't rap like DMX. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it.
0: You know, I listen to, I I listen to. Comedy a lot in in the car and when I'm at home because and I know that a lot of comedians listen to music and I think that and and respect music a lot and I always feel that there's a lot of in common between the two sort of art forms but like enough different where it's kind of like you can respect it for, without kind of you can enj- like I can enjoy comedy without trying to pick apart why it's funny oh uh, absolutely I, yeah. I, 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 I have a hard time listening to music
2: without. Trying to pick it apart in my head, you know. That's why I don't listen to Shred music. Yeah. Unless it's like a friend. Like a friend of mine will send me something that I know and be like, what do you think? Oh, this is really cool. But I won't put on – like Yngwie has a new record out. I'll probably listen to it once. Maybe. Well, actually, to be honest with you, the first song was terrible. Sorry, Yngwie. It was horrible. Um. stop singing just stop fucking singing please get a singer back oh I'm gonna get killed in this YouTube section um, I cool. don't know man I, you know it's such a weird thing because you and I are so similar yet so different yeah. and we're both passionate in the styles that we play yeah. and we're rooted in the styles of the play yeah. and we look like the styles that we play but we <laughs> yeah. love everything yeah. Like you and I could easily both sit down and play a bluegrass tune. We could both yeah. sit down and play a metal tune. Yeah. And neither one of us would think twice about it. Yeah. And, and I think that's getting lost currently yeah. where people are very much, um, I'm a metal guy. I'm a blues guy. I'm, I'm a neo soul guy. <sighs> neo soul. <laughs> um, it's not that I don't like neo soul. I just hate the fact that basic funk. Soft funk has now become neo soul. No, it's not. <laughs> well, this is nothing new. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, and like you look at, there's so many. Uh,
0: you know that really <sighs> did my head. in I I, 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 I'm not trying to do that. Really grinds my gears. But the the um, what's it like? Um, now now dance music it used to it used it used to be called dance music, and now they've decided it has to be this this. Like three letter thing well, I can't even remember what it is right now EDM why does it have to be EDM yeah. all of a sudden well it's funny I, too I spent years and years and years setting up raves going around Europe and the UK doing crazy stuff like playing drum and bass and techno to like in fields at 7 in the morning and, and like and now like all of a sudden it's called EDM I don't know what that, <laughs>
2: that the, the best part for me is <laughs> I'm a beta tester that's part of that's one of my other jobs is I beta test pedals for companies
0: right yeah tell us a bit about that it must be very interesting
2: um, yeah. I mean, I get sent pedals before they even technically exist. Sometimes they're just raw form. And I'm also very computer literate. So I get the software and I play with stuff until everybody kind of finds like a happy medium. But EDM is what Eventide calls their new editor. Right. It's the Eventide device manager. Oh, that's cool. But so the first time they said EDM, I, I chuckled. That's quite clever. And they were like, what's so funny? I'm like, dance music? Neil yeah. soul? you've got a guy on your crew for Neil Soul and he's giggling because that's exactly why he named it.
3: Uh, and like the realize. No. <laughs> no <laughs> that's, that's pretty long. funny. That's pretty but
2: yeah, funny. The, the beta test stuff is really cool. Um, right. But that was a beta test piece. Right. Um, I do stuff with, uh, I actually, by NDA, I can't really tell you the companies, but I do it with a lot of different people. Sure. And um, I get a box in the mail. Most of the time it's blank. Like yeah. it's just a shell. Uh, right. And then we go through the paces and we talk about it. Fix this. Fix that. Um, I actually have some presets and probably a dozen different pedals on the market, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but I can't ever. <laughs> it's like kind of being in the CIA. Like you can't tell That's people cool. about it. Um, That's cool. That's like cool. My grandfather us. used to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just can't be with tapes on
1: and things that can. Do, give you, me do you ever have to? Um, uh, like I've got some friends that are that are software engineers and stuff, and sometimes when they're um, you know, testing software for whatever companies they're working for, um, like their sole purpose is to break the software so that yeah, they can find the flaws. Yeah, that's pretty I was going to ask if that's yeah. like if, – if you like go into it with the frame of mind of what can I do to screw this up so that I can point out the flaws and they can fix them. Give
0: it to me for 10 minutes <laughs> No, no,
1: like literally um, – Ben will break it for you. One, <laughs> one of the companies, like one of the things, because I have pretty
2: much every power supply on the market, I'm supposed to try to fry it. I'm supposed to do all the stuff that the customer is probably going to do that they shouldn't do, but they don't know any better.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean – That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm not
2: even exaggerating. I get two or 300 emails a week via social medias of, hey, what about this pedal? Hey, what do I do with this? Hey, what do I do with that? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is common and the mistakes are common. Like I fried my pedal. Why? You used the wrong power supply. Like –
0: yeah. yeah, these are all things. That's such a disheartening oh. little whiff of like
2: burn smell. Oh, I've done that before. You know
0: it. Unplug and you know, it yeah. and plug it back in. You know it's over. Like yeah, as soon
2: yeah. as you, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know it's done. There's no recovering. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that's my that's my gig. Like I can talk about the Eventide stuff because I I went on YouTube and did a whole thing with them about it. So it's not. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't talk about it. But um, some of the other companies, it's all still very.
0: Sure, sure, sure. That's cool, man. Yeah, Yeah, my my grandfather used to. He was involved in like, um, kind of weapons testing just after World War Two, and um, and there was no doubt about it that his uh, phone was tapped. Like they used to to hear the click come on. My 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 mom was a uh, was like a real campaign for nuclear disarmament kind of hippie, and so. So they were kind of hot because they were worried, you know, my, my mom was going to start <laughs> leaking secrets or something. It's kind of like wow. that. I, I, <laughs> I
2: literally, like yesterday, I set this up over my shoulder and I have the new Mac M1 and I have a regular Mac. And the idea was, will the software work on both machines? And like I shoot a video for them so that it goes to their corporate office and right. they troubleshoot if I have problems. And um, it's just so you, that the product hits the market. And they know that I also choose – I'm a gearhead. I love this stuff. Um, I love creating sounds. I love creating soundscapes. I love making things sound better. Um, But I also am not a snob. Like I can play everything I want through that, which I know is sacrilegious to people. Like, oh my god, you can – that's a modeler. Can you – I mean if – you haven't actually seen me physically live, but if I played you my big boogie rig and I played you that, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. In a, in, yeah. In a, in, a, in, a, in a room with us here, yeah, sure. absolutely. Sure.
0: You know what? This is a good juncture, actually. Why don't you, um, why don't you play us something on it? Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do it. Oh. <laughs>
1: So, um, what, um who's our sponsor this week, mate? Our sponsor this week is Drums and Rums, and uh, Drums and Rums. If uh, if those Are of cool. you that don't know, um, our good friend Paul over at Drums and Rums is a. Hi uh, Paul. Hi Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Drums mm-hmm. and Rums is a podcast. Uh, they've been around for a little while now, and um, they, uh, as as the name suggests, their their uh, their niche audience is uh, or their niche. Uh, um, subjects are uh, drums and drummers, and, uh, rums, and rums and rummers, rummers <laughs> if you I've will. I've
2: never met a drummer that drinks, right? right. <laughs> ever,
1: ever.
0: I'm not a rummer, but I have definitely have been a rummy before.
2: Oh
1: yes, 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 many many <laughs> times. Um, yeah, so we want to thank Paul for uh, for uh, um, sponsoring this, uh, this episode, and uh, one of the big reasons he wanted to sponsor this particular episode um, is that uh, he wanted us to talk about an event he has coming up uh, this Saturday? So he's actually going to be doing a live, um, a live. Uh, it's not, it's not a live broadcast, but it's a live recording of his of his podcast. Okay. Um, he's going to have on his guest is going to be Doc Brown, and Doc Brown is the owner of Really Bad Rum. Cool. Um, so that is this Saturday uh, from seven to ten p.m. It's at Nitrogen Bar in uh, Nitrogen Bar Grill and Sushi. Uh, they're at uh 6779 West Indian Town Road uh in Jupiter Oh
0: cool it's right and, around the corner
1: Yeah yeah so uh so Doc uh, Doc's going to talk to him uh, about the really bad rum and uh and his his be the
2: Michael
0: Jackson version
2: of bad right his, right 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 You better show up in a DeLorean that's and all his, I got to say and his <laughs> journey yeah right
1: and his journey and stuff uh, <laughs> uh with the rum uh, it's gonna. There's gonna be live music there. Uh, it's gonna be South Florida born and raised. Chris Springer is cool. gonna be playing uh, some live music there. Um, he does a little bit of soft rock, a little bit of hip hop, reggae, gospel, etc. Um, the Drums and Rums podcast is gonna be uh, giving doing some giveaways during the event. Um, so you know, if you're there in person, you know you have a chance to to win some some uh, drums and rums swag and, and uh, cool. some giveaways. Uh, there's gonna be uh, really bad rum drink specials. And uh, Chef McCann is going to be in the kitchen uh, cooking up some nice uh, culinary cuisine. So um, this is going to be their first uh, their their first run at doing uh, a live event, uh, recording the podcast live at an event like this. So they're hopefully going to be doing it more often. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, go down there and uh, be be a part of history. This is the first one they're doing. So. Yeah, right on. Yeah, making
0: yeah. me want to steal the idea and do something right <laughs> right right? yeah
1: no <laughs> yeah, we wish him the best of luck this Absolutely. is uh this is uh exciting that he's going to do it live so um you know thank you paul we appreciate the, uh, yeah, nice the sponsorship um for those uh that are listening uh we will put all of the details in the show notes uh, of course we'll be as usual we'll be doing some social media posting on facebook instagram twitter um for those of you uh watching um we're going to be uh um I believe some of the graphics have already splashed up on the screen but we will uh we'll go ahead and put all of that uh, information in the YouTube description so that you have all the details for that as well um if you go to 561music.com uh there will be on attached to this episode will be Uh, drums and rums podcast as a sponsor and if you click on there it'll take you to a drums and rums sponsor page that'll have all the event information and everything as well so thank yeah thanks again man and we appreciate it paul yeah man very cool yeah all
0: right so um could
2: you tell us a little bit about the two
0: pieces you played and um yeah just start oh i played uh g
2: body shuffle and scarlet a noir and the titles do actually have meaning to what they are i'm a car guy always been a car guy um right. so the first I was song thinking, I was wondering
0: about Scarlet A Noir and what that was about. Anyway, carry on. Well,
2: yeah. I'll go through the the, the car one first, a G body shuffle. Yeah. Kiji it's a shuffle. Um, particular Mopar car shakes down the road as it goes through a quarter mile. It's called a G body shuffle. Uh. So when we finished the song, um needed a title and I was like, Oh it's G, it's a shuffle. G body shuffle.
0: So there you go. go.
2: Uh Scarlet A Noir is kind of a weird one too, because also it's a combination A minor. It's a little bit of a darker song. Okay. And I played it on my Red Jackson Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) um, yeah, all my titles have some sort of stupid meaning that most people won't get. Um, Right, yeah. Like the first record, Technicolor Monochrome, all those song titles are tied into some part of my hometown upbringing. Right. And so there's like this Union Ave in August. I I grew up on Union Ave. The paddock dedicated to my father that was his restaurant and his bar. Like, there's all these. That's probably the only yeah. process I have. As far yeah, I, was as through, I, uh,
1: I was going through, I was going through before the show. You know, listening, listening to the album stuff, and I, I was actually thinking, you know, like how do you, how do you come up with a name, you know, for What's for that, an instrumental? What is B- B- bodhisattva. What is that?
2: What is I can't. Yeah. it. I yeah. am a Buddhist. Have been for a very long time. Okay, It's as close as I get to religion. It's not a religion. Um, right. Yeah. And Bodhisattva is a searcher. Uh, that's why the, hence the second part of the title is the highway song. Right. Yeah. Okay. And. It also has a weird tie in to Point Break the movie because right. Daniel and I have this weird obsession with that movie and it's a fantastic movie. Um, <laughs> it's just a super emotional song for me. Yeah. And um it's also a song that goes over really well live for some reason, man. People love it's got that, that damn song. That big
0: riff in it. It's a tune. Yeah. I love that tune. Yeah.
2: And um it kind of stuck Again, until a song is done, it never has a title. Like if you saw our working titles, you couldn't even put them on the air. I mean, they're they're, they're brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, gotcha. Um, I mean, I think it's just to do
0: with something about like um, boys and bands. It gets gross pretty
2: quickly. Well, I, I guess I guess if we go through boys process and again, gets yeah, gross pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> I once the record's done and I sequence the record, I put it in the order. That's when the titles come. Like I don't put titles on anything until I know kind of where it's going. Um, And like on the Irish Exit CD that has the four extra songs, those are songs I did when I was 17 or 18. Right. And so those song titles, like having a a list of riffs on my phone, I have a list of titles. Like if I see something that that grabs me, I just jot it down. I do the same thing. And so those four titles are really throwaway titles because two of those tunes – have been in every band I've ever been in. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> so they've they've cycled through multiple names. Matter of fact, Jim, the drummer who plays with me now in the trio, played with me in Kid Havoc's for some of the reunion shows. So he still calls Seventeen Hands something else because it's <laughs> yeah yeah. Actually, Jim, I think just refuses to call my song titles their actual songs because <laughs> he's Jim. But yeah, that, I guess that's I guess yeah, that's the only part of my process. I guess cool.
0: All right, well, um, yeah, you know we've had a great time with you. And one of the things that I was like, one of the things that I like about having you on is we've not, I've noticed with some of the younger people we've had on that, uh, you know, they, they don't have as much to say. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about why that is. And I think, a big part of it is we've lived longer. We've done more Ex- stuff. Experience. <laughs> we literally
2: have experience. Just done, done more stuff. <laughs> you, know? you know what? I, <laughs> I, here's the thing. Okay, old man shouting at cloud moment. Right. Um, <laughs> when did you get in a van first time? What, 16, 17,
0: 18? Uh, the first time I got in a van was 19.
2: Okay, I was 17. Yeah. Barely 17. Yeah. So f- picture this. I, I go was 47. F- yeah. <laughs> I literally go from being told I was going to be a hockey player my entire life. To stopping everything, moving to New York City, basically, joining a band that's fairly pre-established in our first gigs at the Cat Club and Mark Weiss is taking our photos. Right. I got thrown into it quick. Yeah, you did. And the bar got set very high, but I also learned how to be a professional very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I got to live a whole lot of life really quickly. So like, yeah. you know, that stupid meme, I've done more before I was 30 than you, I have. Yeah. And I don't like exactly what you said. They don't get that. They can't – if some band right now jumped in a van and tried to tour Florida, where are they going to play? Seven places? Yeah. I could – used to be able to – with Kadavik, we could go play seven places before we got to Fort Lauderdale.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: That change doesn't allow them to grow. Yeah. And this is the best thing and the worst thing because if I want to watch Carl Varheim play, I can watch him play. I don't need to go to a show. Yeah. And I mean – I feel bad because I never dragged my ass to a Killbillies show, but I have watched you a ton and liked your (laughs) stuff, and I I love what you do. I just hate going out. I'll be completely honest with that. But this has made it so I don't have to, and that sucks. Yeah, kind of does annoy. We were just
1: talking last week, though, how – well, on the week before that probably, too. um, We were just talking about how um, it's interesting you know, when you're in a working band – um, and you're constantly playing, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes even Sunday, you know, there's all these bands that, you, that you're that friends with or that you enjoy their music, yes. and like you said, you see them on YouTube, you, you watch their videos, you really enjoy them, and you want to go out and support, and you want to go out and watch them, but you can't because you're playing the same nights at the same times, so you know.
2: That's why it know? always cracks me up when I hear Pro Blues Gym. Pros are working. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm sorry somebody's mad right now That's somebody's anger typing as to, we speak we need to take a look at your pedal board yeah. because we do
0: this True. with everyone and you are probably um you know you're just a, such an expert at this stuff that we can't miss it, an opportunity <laughs> for you to talk yeah, about your pedal yeah, board.
3: for sure
2: yeah, um you, okay yeah. cool so that is my gt1000 uh, that is one of the very, very early versions. Uh, my sticker is only on there, surprisingly enough, because uh, Andy James was using one at the same show I was, so we wouldn't get ours confused. Right. And because we have different presets in them. Sure. And you can't really tell, but I spilled an entire bottle of red nail polish, which is a whole different story on there. But if you go through there. <laughs> I want to know story. <laughs> um, the, Where it says DS1 isn't really a DS1, that is a Tube Screamer-style pedal. Um, There's a delay on there. That delay is actually two SDE 3000 split. So one is a quarter note, one is an eighth note. Sure. Set at two different tempos, 436. Yes. So 436 and and 320. Right. Uh, And they're based on the SDE 3000s. The phaser is based on a phase 90, but I EQ'd out the hump. So it doesn't have that volume drop. Yeah, okay. Uh, The octave is a combination of an OC2 and a poly. So I get kind of the best of both worlds. I get that growl of the old boss OC2, but I get the poly. Um, yeah. The air, so to speak, AIRD setting is actually an um, IR of my rig. Oh. So that's basically a Mark II boogie with a 412 mic with a 57 right. and a 421 slightly off access back approximately four millimeters for the nerds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's an even blend. So it's about 60 degrees on both sides, uh, even mix. And it is based through a 412 slant, not a 412 bottom. Right. And then the wah is what they call a fat wah. Um, I actually got to meet the guy who invented the wah. What? Cool. Yeah. Uh, that was, it was at a boss <laughs> thing. It was super cool. And yeah. so that's based on his original wah design. Oh, wow. And um, the overall EQ output is just a um, – I have found that that EQ setting I use works pretty much everywhere because I've used this on big stages, little stages, all over. Yeah. And they're all clones of pedals that I really have. So I've been yeah. able to A, B them and mimic my thing. Um, I can run this with a four-cable method. Again, for the nerds out there, you'll really appreciate it. I can turn off the the Airs and the IRs and just make it a pedal board. Yeah. I can go into pedal board mode, which basically just makes it stomp boxes. Sure. And uh, it's under 10 pounds, so the air, airlines love me.
0: How does it... Um I mean, you know, I don't know if you're biased or not, but how do you feel it stacks
2: up next to the Helix? I had a Helix. Yeah. I had that. Uh, I had, did not have a Camper, but I've had an Axe FX. I like that the best. Right. And not because it's free and not because I'm with Boss. Um, honestly, if I call the guys up at Line 6, I can get one of those for free too. Right. I just like the. I like what that can do. Now, let's be honest. I'm using my sounds. I mean, it's my rig in there. And yeah. you can do the same thing. I'm going to buy Quad Cortex when it comes out, when it gets easier to get. I don't have to get on a waiting list because I played yeah. it and I liked it. But I've yet to have anything kind of knock that off the hill. Okay. And, I mean, you see it. You saw it up close. It's beat up. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's it's got some miles. The airlines haven't been nice to it. Yeah. Um, and that's the other part I like about it is it's never let me down,
0: period. Well, that's one of the things I've always liked today. about boss. <laughs> but, you know, I sound like I'm working for him right now, but I'm definitely not. I wish I was. Rugged, but, the, but one of the things I've always loved about boss stuff is, is durability and does it does it translate to, to this multi-effects have you, have yeah. you found it being, to, be, to be durable yeah I mean
2: I've had that since it, I got it prior to it coming out so I want to say 2015 oh right 16 maybe okay great Yeah. so now we're six years in
1: yeah
2: give or take and it's been probably 30 40 flights 60 or 70 yeah. music stores easily yeah um, I've used it on tons of I've done sessions with it man I've I've All been right. late because I'll do a session where they're getting a DI signal anyway. So it doesn't matter what I give them. They just want a DI and they're going to mic it the way they want to mic it. So I'll okay. just play that and then give them a DI, of me DI and that, and it works. Yeah, and honestly, sure. uh, there's a great video of me from Nam, and somebody was like, oh, my, I mean, your tone sounds great. And there's a Friedman behind me, Friedman amp. And everybody's like, man, that Friedman's awesome. I wasn't playing that. I was playing that. Right yeah. And people will argue with me to this day cuz that th- it belonged to CC it's not CeCe. her name's Courtney. I always call her CeCe. Uh Courtney from the Iron Maidens. It's it her, was her personal Friedman behind yeah. me because she was doing stuff for boss also okay. with the Tube amp expander so she brought her own head. And so that's sitting behind me and people thought I was playing her amp okay. and it's not. I played that. I mean, right. you can tell because there's a big sticker on the pedal. Yeah. Like if you look closely at the video
1: but you know you were talking earlier with us about um you you can actually do stuff with that pedal through your phone. Like you've yeah. got you. There's an app, and you can get in there and you can make changes and do my anything. app
2: or my iPad. Um, yeah. I always take my laptop to trade shows so I can get in and change. So last trade show, I didn't bring that pedal. I didn't want to be bothered, so I just borrowed one when I got there. I hooked up my laptop, downloaded all my sounds in, and I was done. Yeah, and it right. took me ten minutes.
1: That's awesome. Um,
2: matter of awesome. fact, that's what I did last night because I have not. Played Nam style. <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs> uh, in a minute, so I had to go in and make sure my sounds were in there because I constantly change. You know, it's like writing. You'll get into something, and that last thing I was screwing around with the clean stuff. I just yeah. wrote that the other night. I was like, "Oh, let's see how many delays I can add." Oh
3: yeah, cool. And man. that's
2: the other thing too. If you remember the old Bob Bradshaw racks, these crazy huge refrigerator things guys had in the eighties. That's what that does now. The helix does the same thing. The quad cortex, all these guys do this. The one thing that that doesn't have is capture. Like, it can't capture tones. Like, right. if you want to do an IR on your own, right. you have yeah. to do that on your own and then import it in. Right. The, the quad cortex will capture, and so will the Kemper. Um, Kemper just feels weird to me. Right. Sorry, Kemper guys. Don't hate me. It just, it doesn't feel, when I dig in, I don't feel like I'm digging in. Like, it right. just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I've kicked the shit out of that thing. Yeah, and it's still there.
0: It's good to know. You know, like I've I've, I've got just so many pedals rattling around, and and at, at some point for me it's going to be getting a multi effects. But I mean, the th- I just have a particularly I have a particularly kind of.
2: Well, you have a lot going unique on in
0: life. situation, so it's it's yeah. like I've 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 had to make this weird Frankenstein setup where I have like a box on my I saw that stick and yeah. Everything. yeah, but it works real good, so maybe I just shouldn't mess with it.
2: <laughs> well, that's <next>, uh, <laughs> the you know that's the big thing. My touring rack for Kid Havoc is an eight space sus rack. It's still built, and I still used it all the way up to two thousand and ten. I still have it. I had it from nineteen ninety one till then. I never had a problem with it. I would upgrade it, you know, this wire or that wire, but. It worked. I've gone back and forth from pedals to racks to different things over the years. The only reason I ever went to Rack Gear to begin with was just convenience. If you saw that, I I hit a patch. I had the things I needed and I was done. I didn't have to – there was no tap dancing where when I went to racks, I didn't have to do that. It was the first time having a big MIDI device and I could hit one sound because I want to run around. I want to entertain people. I don't want to stand at at a board. I mean you're going to dig the board I'm putting together now which has the two Chase Bliss – Automatone pedals on it, so it has the preamp and the reverb. It has the Ibanez Jet Flanger, the old-school Paul Gilbert purple one. Um, I have a really good Klon clone that looks exactly like it. Almost feel bad putting that on there because it's kind of shady that he did that. I may put my Keeley Klon, well, it's not Klon, but my Keeley pedal on there. It's going to be a crazy, very expensive build.
0: There's something I was going to ask you just personally, but I figure it might be interesting for um, listeners, is um, so in my group uh, No Name Scar Band what I require is is like clean overdrive and like solo more overdrive and some kind of affected wet delay, some kind of phasy delay, and that's like it is like, if I got something like the Keeley Darkside, would that be able to do all of that just in one pedal?
2: Sort of. Right. And the reason I say sort of is you'd probably need to add one other modulation thing to get everything. Right. Like I have two – I was trying to see if there was like one box. I like have a know. dark side and I have two different Montereys. I have the Germanian one and the silicon one. Right. Um, I love the Germanian one. That right. that, that pedal. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's the This is where it gets weird because like the dark side will do everything you need but you need to f- – You only get one modulation. So your second modulation, if you want phasy phasey, like an extra phasey thing, you need to add a phaser. Right, right. But it's still a hell of a lot cheaper and smaller because you're talking about a three-button pedal, a small button pedal, and an expression pedal added for whatever. Sure. You know, whether you want to add tails or whether you want to add it. Like I have on my Monterey, uh, I use it as this gnarly octave fuzz wah, and it's just crazy good.
0: Yeah, it. and it's expression pedal is something I'm I'm looking to get more into. I think he, um, Bryce Allen, um, I know we listened to this show some hi Bryce, the um, I, he he was talking about um, his his delay. The I think I've mentioned it on every single one since he he, he has he has a delay on a on a pedal there, and it, he just makes such good use of the, being able to extend that feedback. You know,
3: I do the, the same
2: like, on yeah. so on my big boards, yeah. which obviously that's not it, but. I have a separate volume pedal, which is not a volume pedal, but it's a volume for the delay. So it's an expression pedal. So that dual delay setup that I have in there is yeah. always on, right. and I can blend it in or blend it out. It's kind of the Andy Timmons thing. It's really Andy used to do it with two big Memory mans. but yeah. you want to talk about big antiquated pieces of shit that just don't work. <laughs> right. um, so everybody's jumped into different different things. I actually. I'm sorry, guys. It's a Boss DD500 that I really like to use for that because I can have total control. And I can't afford to buy two SDE 3000s. Like, it's just not in the ballpark. But I can have two of them in that box, and nobody in the first three people are going to know that it's not the same thing. And so I use the the pedal to blend in the delay whenever I want. So it's on every patch. If it's in heel down, no delay. If I want a tiny bit of delay, a lot of delay, or just soaked, it's up to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's just
0: seems like the way forward, and I'm looking forward to building this new pedal board because I've kind of figured out my whole situation for Kilbillys now. It's the No Name Scarf Band is going to start playing again soon because uh, you know everything's opening up. Obviously, with that kind of music, we have been holding off because there's no way of dancing to a band like that safely. No, you just can't.
2: Absolutely not. Just can't, just can't. The mask isn't staying on, there's no way this is gonna work. Right. Like exactly. it's just not so, gonna So
0: we've been holding off, but you know, it's coming, it's coming. We're gonna be back soon.
1: Anyways, um
0: we usually end this up by um, talking about uh, shows that we uh, that are coming up at the end of the
1: week. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Scott, we were talking a little bit about you you don't have any dates coming up that you have uh, anything lined up for right now. No, uh unfortunately the whole
2: we had we actually had some small touring stuff coming up and yeah. it's just all sideways. So what i'm working on now is just getting the trio firing on all eight cylinders so awesome. when something nice. pops up and somebody calls we're ready to go ready to go i all mean right. we are ready
1: to go but i would like to just have a longer set in case something sure yeah
2: something yeah. pops up
1: all right well then we'll do our uh, we'll skip right to our Shameless Killbillies plug then because <laughs> uh, because they are the greatest band ever um <laughs> one of the best names ever. um <laughs> <gotta get> <laughs> Friday uh we're doing full band at the square grouper in Fort Pierce so yeah, that should that's be right. fun yeah, yeah. Only well, we in
2: Florida can you get away by calling a place a square grouper and know, not right? having everybody know what it actually means. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For this sure. This bar's called the Giant it's Bale a,
1: of Cocaine. It's a fish, right? No. <laughs> and yet um, it not be in Miami. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, Saturday, uh, Patty Max, one of our favorite places to play. So. Yeah, down in Palm
0: Beach Gardens, military yeah. and PGA. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then uh, next week, we have Josh Miles on the show. That's going to yeah. be a fun one.
0: Nice. He is got the most wonderful voice and is one of the nicest guys and I've known him for a very long time um we've met through a mutual friend uh Virgil Price and I've, I've we've yeah we've been kind of you know passing each other like ships in the dark for, for <laughs> years and years so I'm looking forward to having him on the yeah, show for sure sit him
1: down and chat with him so yeah. um well it it was an absolute pleasure meeting you it was an absolute Same. pleasure uh, having you on here um uh, you know, just watching you play was just insane. I, mean, I appreciate it. It was, it, man. Mi- it was mind blowing for real.
2: <laughs> um, you got to come see us live. The trio. Yeah. yeah. The, the live video for the trio is up for anybody who watch, has my YouTube channel or whatever. Um, there's no fixes on that. That's 100% live. Nothing's fixed. There's a matter of fact, there's a mistake where I drop a pick. Like, there's nothing fixed. That's that, the one at Melody F. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watch most of the And that. That that's insane. four microphones. All right. That's it. Like,. Uh-huh. We didn't mic yeah. the drums. We mic the kick and the snare. Huh. Um, we took a direct feed out of my one of my IRs on my cabs, yeah. and a direct feed of the bass, right. DI out of the bass. So that Ooh. was it. Um, great. So yeah, if you want to, there's a good. You know what? There's a pedal board for you. That's an awesome pedal board. It's a Boss MS3 but a bunch of stomp boxes, and there's a bunch of footage in there of it. Like there's right. Eric put a pedal. I guess pedal. I'm never going to escape the pedal yeah. thing.
1: So he put yeah. a pedal cam on <laughs> it. Why not? Yeah. Why not?
0: if 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 you got it flaunt it you know what you are talking about with that stuff sir so. i love it yeah. well
1: for those of you uh for those of you listening um we're going to have Scott's uh, information all in the show notes we're going to have you know any any website stuff links social media we'll we'll put the youtube stuff on there uh definitely check out that melody av uh, video that uh, like i said i watched probably 9 tenths of it uh, and it, and it was it was pretty mind blowing man it was pretty insane yeah absolutely i've seen it too, yeah, it was
2: so sure. much fun too man um they just moved, by the way. So Melody Ab just oh. moved to a new place. Yeah. But that was such a cool vibe. Oh, I, did, I, I just didn't
0: know. I don't really know anything about it, if I'm honest. I don't know how. But.
2: Um, Spence is a good dude. Plays right. uh, Raised by Wolves, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, uh, yeah. I've known Eric forever. Eric and I used to work together. And um, Eric's a great sound dude. And it just kind of fell into place. But it had such a cool vibe. Weird, uh, yeah. weird stage.
1: Ooh, yeah. Like Raised by Wolves on here.
2: Weird. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Spence is another one. Dude can play anything and everything. Dude's just monster. I have to say, the one cool thing about Down Here is it's
0: not like we have to look very far to find interesting musicians to interview. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people to talk to.
2: It's funny. Coming out of the New York scene, Yeah, and I mean, coming out of the New York scene when it was hot, when it was Living Color and Stanley Jordan, and, you know, the Ramones still playing CBGBs, and and the whole glam scene that blew up and, and all that, it's interesting to see how good the musicians are in Florida and how good they are. Like, it's not a... I don't hate Florida because of the musician.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, I can it, give you a whole list of other reasons. Though. <laughs> no, man. You know what? It's just me being cr- crotchety. but yeah. uh,
2: like I, I mean, I used to see Stanley Jordan busk. Yeah. Think about that yeah. for a minute. Like when I saw, I got to—I hadn't seen Vernon in years, and he came by the boss booth. Yeah, I know. I'm dropping names. Stop it. But I saw—I I saw a picture. You posted. I got that, to talk to him. I was yeah. like, I hadn't talked to him since I was a teenager yeah I was like, remember me, guy yeah, at the cat cool. club ah like I you know like that's what you were surrounded by and yeah. I, I just wish I, I hope kids or younger generation of players get a chance to live some of that right? somehow yeah and understand like just all the greatness that that you you can absorb just by talking to a dude who's yeah, sure. done something that you want to do, yeah, and actually listening key key <laughs> phrase is actually listening, but yeah there's just so much of it, and like I said, like the history of South Florida musicians, whether it be I'll throw my old band in Scrooge or Raped Ape, like two completely different genres, yeah, but two really great bands. And yeah. now you got JP doing the blues thing, you know, uh, JC the drummers was off in propane and doing other stuff, and oh, of course yeah. you got Pooch. I mean, yeah. one of the best bio technical. Friggin' tattooist on the art on the planet. Yeah, for sure. So, sorry, I get nerdy yeah. with that. No. Pooch's, no, Pooch's no, artwork is in my CD, my first CD. Like I tied in everybody that had anything to do with my musical career. In That's that awesome. first CD. So, like, That's if you awesome. open the CD, I'm standing in front of one of his paintings doing the, as the my students called it, the Jesus Christ post. But <laughs> that wasn't what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry. Yeah, no worries. Awesome. Man.
0: I hope some of um some of you I know, I know personally quite a few people who um, who who, uh, who you teach guitar so uh, if you guys are, if you guys are listening then Hiya. how's it going and uh, alright um, yeah I guess it's, that's it let's that's wrap it up so yeah. th- thanks so much for coming Scott nice thank fun. you brother thank yeah, you yeah, yeah man long cool. overdue yeah
1: alright
2: it was good having you thanks <laughs> that was fun yeah what we're doing come and
3: check it out that's we about Five, six, one get-